Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to wish a very happy new year officially to all the friends of Rock Strikes 10. And thank you so much for tuning into the show, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed on iTunes and leaving that review. Thank you so much, everybody. And, you know, I... I don't check these things because I'm always afraid there's not going to be anything there. But I don't think I've actually given a special thanks to those who have left a review on iTunes, which I appreciate it. And I got five stars across the board so far. So far, so good. And besides my own, I don't remember doing that. Maybe somebody uh, hacked into my account and left a five-star review. I don't know. But I want to give an extra special thanks uh, to some familiar names and some new names that I'm not familiar with. Uh, it's Todd Cunningham, of course, and the great Adam Arthur. You guys are great. Thank you so much. I feel like I know you guys already. And also, uh, Jake Jacobs and Mel Torment. Do you still listen to the show? I hope you do. You left me some really nice reviews on iTunes, so thank you very much. Uh, send me an email, joey at cnjradio.com. Anybody listening out there that hasn't sent an email, go ahead and send me one. I'd love to hear from you. And, of course, I'd love for you to leave that review on iTunes. It, it helps. That, that's all I ask. That's all, that's all I ask on my free podcast. And everybody's like, oh, these shows are free. Yeah, yeah but we, we do them because we're sick. And we might have a little bit of an ego. And we also love music or whatever it is we do a podcast about. Anyway, that all being said, this week here on the show, it's going to be kind of a tradition. Now, why do I say kind of a tradition? Well, last year, at the beginning of the year, uh, the special week of January 8th is Elvis Presley's birthday. Also happens to be the exact same day as David Bowie's birthday. So I did Elvis last year, so this year it's Bowie's year, and how apropos is that? Because, as many of you may already know, on January 8th, on David Bowie's 66th birthday, he announced that he had been secretly working on a new record And not only that, but it's coming out like the day before my birthday. So, brilliant. (laughs) It's coming out on March 12th, so it'll be out before you know it, before any of us know it. There's going to be at least, what, like, 8, 9, 10 episodes of Rock Strikes 10, then there's a new Bowie record. Rejoice. I'm very excited about it. So, hey, why not? I'm just going to do an all-David Bowie show in honor of the belated birthday boy. 10 of some of my favorite David Bowie songs. Got a few requests, got a few oddballs to play for you. So, gonna try to be all hip and cool and not play big singles. You know, and and not not because I feel the need to go out of my way to do it, uh, but I really, really wanted to spotlight some of my personal favorite David Bowie songs from his entire career. And I do mean entire career. We're not gonna, not gonna try to not do certain eras. But, you know, I'll explain myself, and I'll I'll even give you, like, a Joey's Picks list of uh, what to get if you're just getting into the man and what to avoid. That's always fun. Always fun to do a little shock radio, so let's just get the show started. I better stop talking because this is a long one. We're going to kick it off with an eight-minute, eight-second song here. This is off of one of Bowie's first albums. I believe his second full-length. Uh, it's, you know, like... I think that's absolutely right, because the first one, which is what the U.S. knows as the Space Oddity album, is his first domestic full-length. He had a couple of things out in Europe, 
Uh, so it's kind of spotty to say whether it's a second or third or first or whatever. But I'm going to go with his sophomore album. I'm going to say that. Over here in America, his second album, The Man Who Sold the World, and the one where he's wearing a dress on the cover and throughout the booklet. But And I'm not the biggest fan of the album, honestly, but I think the bread of it's really good. I really love the first song, and I really love the last couple of songs. Maybe I need to re-listen to it. I don't know. Am I wrong? Send me an email. But the kickoff song, the very first track on the Man Who Sold the World album, I got this request from my coworker Justin. What's happening, Justin? And he picked a good one here. So, and easily my favorite song on this album. And here it is, David Bowie with The Width of a Circle. Smash my soul and train in my mind. Got 
right, that was David Bowie with The Width of a Circle. I struggle to pronounce the word width, as I'm sure some of you do. Try to get that DT part in there without sounding like an idiot. And even though that was early on in David's career, he was already working with the great, the late great Mick Ronson there on guitar. I'm sure you recognize this tone if you're a guitar nerd like I am. Always looking for Mick Ronson on David Bowie's stuff. You are missed, sir. And speaking of Mick Ronson, I have played this particular song and this actual particular performance on the show before, but I couldn't do my David Bowie show without including this, so I'm just going to play it again. It's been a while anyway. I believe this one goes all the way back to like one of the first ten episodes when I did all live tracks. And I just love this performance. This performance is so good, I think it outdoes the studio version as much as I love it. This is a song called Moon Age Daydream, and it originally appears on the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust album, which is a classic, perfect 10 record, right? Of course it is. But I think this live performance of Moon Age Daydream absolutely kills the studio version, and a lot of that does have to do with Mick Ronson. You'll know what I mean. So check it out. Turn this one up. This is great. This is David Bowie along with the Spiders from Mars with Moon Age Daydream. I'm an alligator. I'm a mama papa calling for you. I'm the spicy
All right, there you go. That was David Bowie and his great backing band, The Spiders from Mars, doing Moon Age Daydream. You can get that particular performance on the set that he put out. I believe it was like 99 or 2000, but it's called Bowie at the Beeb. And find that one if you can. I think it's a little bit harder to find right now. But uh, especially if you can find the version that has the third disc on it. There's a great show on there that he did in the summer of 2000 with his band from the Hours Tour. And it is one of the best live albums that I have. Out of all the ones I have, it's one of the best ones. So check it out. Get Bowie at the Beeb so you can get that great performance of Moon Age Daydream. And a lot of other really good songs as well. Pretty much anything from his early days, and I'm talking like early, like Darum days, all the way up to Ziggy Stardust. It's on Bowie at the Beeb. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Check it out. And you get that great 2000 show as well as a bonus. So if you could find that version, I think it's highly out of print, but fans, you got to have it, right? We're all like-minded. Now moving on, keeping with the Spiders from Mars era, one of the great David Bowie albums of all time, and I don't think that's arguable in any way, has got to be Aladdin Sane. Just a great record. Top to bottom, it's great. And even though I didn't include anything from this particular album, the Diamond Dogs album, of course, it's hard to do stuff off of Diamond Dogs because the album flows and doesn't really stop for the most part. And, you know, you can't, you can't play them all. i got to do just ten songs. And one of my particular personal favorite David Bowie songs just happens to be on Aladdin Sane. Love this song. And it, it comes in right after Panic in Detroit, so it's already moving and jumping. And then you get this great boogie right here, right in the middle. Awesome, awesome rock song called Cracked Actor. So here you go. Turn this one up as well. This is David Bowie with Cracked Actor. Best of the last, the cleanest 
Alright, that was Cracked Actor from the great, the great Aladdin Sane record. How do you not want that? From 1973. Go get it. Try to find the awesome booklet 30th anniversary version of it. You won't be disappointed. Bonus track's worth listening to. It's got all the young dudes on there on the bonus disc. Also, a great live performance of the Superman. Life on Mars. John, I'm only dancing. Great stuff. Uh, love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Can't say enough nice things about that record. So I've been hitting you over the head here from the beginning with some hard rock and Bowie, and nothing wrong with that at all. We're going to cool things down a little bit here. Now, some people may just pick and choose certain eras of Bowie to love. I pretty much love them all with the exception of, let's say, from 87 up until about 93. That's when you want to take a break from them catalog-wise. Anything from Never Let Me Down through Black Tie White Noise, even though that's only a couple records, I think it's just those two, if I'm not mistaken, but you need to avoid those records at all costs. So don't ever get Never Let Me Down and Black Tie White Noise. Avoid, avoid, avoid. In my opinion, you could pretty much relax outside of that. I even love Tonight. What do you think of that? I think that's a great record. You know, but that's just me. I, I came in in that era. I came in 84, 85 when I was a kid. So, big soft spot. Love it. But we haven't quite gotten to that era yet. Like I said, been playing some hard rocking tunes here at the beginning. Gonna slow it down here a little bit. What might be my personal favorite David Bowie album, Station to Station. I love Station to Station, and I truly believe it has his best vocal performances on there. Uh, I've read some stories here and there. I don't know how true they are, but apparently this was recorded at the height of his cocaine addiction and abuse. And supposedly he doesn't remember recording one single second of Station to Station, which is kind of tragic, but wow, because he's really just killing it on this album, vocal-wise especially, like I said. And uh, there's not much else for me to say about this album. I just highly recommend it. The Closer on Station to Station is probably my favorite David Bowie vocal of all time. So here you go, without further ado, this is Wild is the Wind.
right. That was the birthday boy there with Wild is the Wind, a song that never fails to give me chills, whether it's the studio or live versions. Just greatness. Just absolute greatness. And, of course, still speaking of greatness, going to talk about a period of Bowie that is definitely much heralded in the hipster and critic uh, section of music. And in spite of all of that, I still love it. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, the ongoing struggle between hipsterdom critics and just fans, real fans. But anyway, I digress. going to talk about the Berlin Trilogy of David Bowie. This is when Bowie moved out to Berlin, and I, I, on one of his documentaries that I saw a while back, I think it was like VH1 Legends or something like that, he said, uh, you know, he was hanging out with Iggy Pop a lot still at that point, and he goes, me and Iggy really, really made a pact to kick heroin, so we decided to move out to Berlin, the heroin capital of Europe. But yeah, they made some great things happen while they were out there, Iggy notwithstanding. The stuff that he did with David involved is is great stuff. Some of the, I would still say that that stuff's pretty underrated in his catalog, as most people just apparently only own maybe a couple of Stooges albums, if that. But you got to get some solo Iggy as well. I I can't stress that enough. But back back to David and the Berlin trilogy, which of course is Low Lodger and Heroes, all three great records, and ahead of their time. And that's an understatement, really, ahead of their time. Something that Logan said a while back that still sticks with me is that bands that love the Berlin Trilogy, Low Lodger and Heroes, they're still trying to catch up to it. A lot of bands that try to do experimental synth rock and stuff like that, they still haven't even come close to approaching what David did here. And I give a lot of credit to Brian Eno. Uh, He did a lot of great work on this album. He had a great canvas to paint with, with David Bowie, so how how could you go wrong? Brian Eno is truly a talent as well, and like I said, they made some great things happen here. Going to play something off the album Low, which, if, you, if you're going to use the term art rock, Low is pretty much the be-all, end-all, I have to say. It's got some crazy instrumentals, some weird instrumentals, some just mellow, mellow instrumentals, and... It's got some uh, vocal performances on there as well. There's not a lot of singing on this album, but uh, in some instances there are. So here you go. This is a part like in the middle of the album where David does sing a lot more than he does later on on the record. And I really like this song. I think it's great. So here you go. This is Bowie with Always Crashing in the Same Car. Always looking left and right 
Always crashing in the same car from the 1977 release entitled Low. I recommend that album for sure. And another album I heavily recommend is, uh, you know, it's funny because in light of the announcement of the new David Bowie album called The Next Day, which I'm just terribly excited about, I can't wait. I, I went online today because I saw that iTunes is doing a big exclusive, you know, with bonus tracks. Hopefully there'll be a physical version of the deluxe version. But I noticed that the artwork that's listed online is the Heroes album cover, but just with the next day posted over Bowie's face. I thought that was pretty odd. I don't know if they're going to stick with that album cover, but we'll see. But I am talking about the Heroes album, and... I romanticize the 70s a lot when it comes to my musical taste. All my favorite bands are pretty much from the 70s. Uh, there's no denying that if you listen to the show, you, you know it. Uh, I just love the fact that somebody like Bowie, like, you know, in modern times here, Bowie's been in hibernation for the last decade, literally. It's been 10 years since his last studio album. And in the 70s, he's putting out like two, three records in a year. It's ridiculous. It's It's insane. It's awesome. Wish I could have been around to pick these albums up on the first day, but anyway. Same year, the Heroes album, After Low, and great kickoff song on this album. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite Bowie songs ever. Had to put it here on the show. This is a fun, crazy, almost kind of a dance song. But here you go, it definitely kicks. This is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, <laughs> 
right, that was Beauty and the Beast off of the Heroes album. If you've only ever heard just the song Heroes, you need to go check that record out. It's it's quality. Uh, like I said, pretty much all of his albums are quality, with the exception of a couple. And, yeah, love it. Uh, moving on, uh, another album. I, I almost consider this album kind of a sister album to Heroes, because I believe it's more similar than Low and Lodger. Low and Lodger seem to be a little bit brother-sister companions, and to me, uh, the Heroes and Scary Monsters album uh, seem to be more brother-sister themselves, but there's about a two-year difference on the recording of Scary Monsters versus Heroes, but uh, his head still seemed to be in the same place stylistically. But I really like the Scary Monsters album a lot. It's got some great songs on there. The title track, Notwithstanding, of course you get Fashion, and It's No Game. A bunch of really cool songs. Uh, my favorite song on the album is, uh, it's kind of another long one. It's almost seven minutes long. And I think maybe one of the reasons why I think that this is a companion album to Heroes is because you're going to hear a lot of similarities between this song and Heroes. But it definitely has its own identity once it kicks in. So check this out. This is a great song. Probably one of my more super obscure favorites. But I want you to hear it. So here you go. This is... Teenage Wildlife.
Alright, there you go. That was Teenage Wildlife. I love the layering of the guitars on that track. And the guitarists that are credited on that track are Carlos Alomar, who was a longtime player for David. A guy named Chuck Hammer, who I'm not familiar with, but he also gets a credit on Ashes to Ashes, in addition to Teenage Wildlife. And the great Robert Fripp from King Crimson pretty much plays on the whole album. So that's pretty cool. I know that uh, Adrian Ballou also played with Bowie here and there. So that's interesting that both Fripp and Ballou have played with Bowie. Very cool. Very cool fact there. And yeah, just a great record. Also, there's a cameo by Pete Townsend, I believe on Because You're Young on that record. So a lot of great reasons to check out Scary Monsters. Yeah, I was talking about the 30th anniversary of Aladdin Sane earlier. There was a couple of great two-disc booklet reissues out a while back. And there was the one for Aladdin Sane, like I said. They, he did one for Diamond Dogs, Ziggy Stardust, and they did a nice reissue of Live at the Tower and also Stage. But for some reason, it seems like all those reissues have been kind of stalled. So I'm still waiting patiently, sort of, for, you know, like, Low Lodger Heroes, Scary Monsters, that kind of stuff. I want big deluxe versions of that. I still need to get the Station to Station one. It's embarrassing that I don't have that yet. But, of course, I really want it. I will be getting it soon, hopefully. But all that aside, moving on, the last three songs of the show, we're going to get into a little bit more recent Bowie material, if that's what you could call it. It's not 70s stuff. And like I said, I'm pretty much a fan of everything he's done, except for the 87 through 92 period. And really, like, not my first impression, but one of my really early impressions of David was, of course, his iconic performance and music in the Labyrinth movie soundtrack and movie itself. I mean, he plays the Goblin King. Um... It's always going to be one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, in my top 10 or 20 easily. I love Labyrinth, quoted all the time with Nola, and this is one of my favorite David Bowie songs, what can I say? It's a pivotal point in the movie, and I think it's just a beautiful song, so I'm going to play it for you here on the show. Uh, sorry the sound is a little thin on this one, but there is no remaster as of yet. Tragic. But here you go, it's a great song despite all that. Here is David Bowie with As the World Falls Down. As if it said love Deep in your eyes it kind of held you Within your eyes, I'll place the sky within your eyes. There's such a fool heart beating so fast in search of new dreams. A lover who laughs within your heart, I'll place the moon.
I forgot to mention that couples skate only before I played that track, but anyway, somebody out there will will get that. But that is As the World Falls Down by the great David Bowie, the Goblin King. And I always try to give you some fun, nerdy music facts if I can find them. Sometimes I struggle to find them, but I found a really good gem here. Just looking through the booklet of the Labyrinth soundtrack, notice that whenever Bowie's singing, the session player on the drums is a fellow by the name of Steve Ferroni. You'd have to be a super music geek to know who that is, but he's a longtime session musician and currently an official Heartbreaker. So he is now currently the member of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers on drums. There you go. Steve Ferroni playing on the Labyrinth soundtrack. How many of you out there knew that? I, I didn't before I played the song, so 
probably pretty safe bet that you didn't either, but I, I love stuff like that. I love finding out things like that. And Bowie also actually wrote some of the songs he didn't sing on on the record, and he's credited on the soundtrack as singing, but I don't hear his voice still on it, but he wrote the Chili Down song on Labyrinth, which is crazy, and I love that. That also features uh, Kevin Clash from The Muppets and also Denny John Jules from Red Dwarf. Stuff that I love. I love everything involved in that song. Alright, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't include something from the more modern era of David Bowie. Not because I feel forced to, but because I actually really love the stuff. And I'm going to put a fun surprise here at the very end of the show. So the second to last song I'm going to play for you here is off a really good quality album of his called Hours. came out in 1999. I remember being really excited about this. My first year working at the record store, me and Logan really excited about this album and we played it a lot we pretty much probably played it every day for months and months and months but it's a really good album and it's it's not it's not dark and heavy like some of the later ones like heathen or reality but it's a really good record and i think it kind of got missed as the years have gone on so go check this one out again this is from the hours record and it's called new angels of promise
That was New Angels of Promise from Bowie off of the Hours record from 1999. And I feel the need to say this because I mentioned some other stuff earlier I didn't get to play. But I guess uh, two years from now when I do the next Bowie show, I will play them. But, you know, I actually really like his mid to late 90s era where he was doing, you know, more experimental. I mean, he's always doing experimental stuff, even though... People were kind of calling him more of a follower than a leader at this point, but uh, definitely embracing the industrial stuff like what Nine Inch Nails were doing and also kind of almost getting into the electronica stuff, but I thought that the Earthling album was really good. I think that's definitely worth checking out. And I damn near played Seven Years in Tibet off of that album. So go check out that song in particular especially. But yeah, the stuff he did with Reeves Gabriel uh, in the 90s, I really liked, and I think Reeves gave him a nice kick in the butt. It, he started Tim Machine with him, and I actually give Reeves the credit for kind of getting David his brain back because he visited him at some point during the Never Let Me Down, the Glass Spider tour, and he's an old friend of David's, so he can talk frank with him, and basically, apparently, he went up to him and was like, man, what are you doing? And David's like, I, I I, don't know. I guess I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. He goes, well, you got to stop doing this. You need to get back to rock and roll. So he was one of the guys that really got him back on the ball. So uh, Reeves is definitely a very important figure in the history of David Bowie's music. So respect. It's due. And it's you have it for me, at least. And speaking of guitar players, on the Hours tour, or uh, tour, like he really toured all that much for it, but whenever he made uh, television appearances and festival appearances for Hours, I thought it was really interesting that one of the guitar players, in addition to the great Earl Slick, who played on a lot of great material of his over the years, but one of the other guitar players that, that was in the band was Paige Hamilton, lead singer and guitar player for Helmet. So how many of you out there knew that? All right, raise your hand. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he may be on this next track. I'm trying to find good records of this session. Uh, I think Reeves is on it for sure. I don't know if Page is or not, but it's definitely heavy enough to have Page on it. So the last 
full-length song I'm going to play for you here tonight is actually a cover song. Now, I would also not be doing a service to you if I didn't mention how great the Pinups album is. I think critics tend to kind of bash Pinups for being a cover album in the middle of his great creative period, like Ziggy Stardust and Diamond Dogs, stuff like that. But Pinups is great. You should have that album. It's awesome. Great performances on there. He does two Who covers. Obviously, David's a fan of the Who. So I figured I'd throw you a curveball here. I'm going to play you a Who cover by David Bowie, but it's not off of Pinups. It's off of a rather not great Who tribute album called Substitute. But this is the true gem of that tribute album. And I'm going to play it for you here on the show. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have never heard this. And like I said, that's not... That's not bad that you haven't heard it. The tribute album just isn't very good. So that's why I want to play it here for you on the show. And a true cover. David really makes his own arrangement and version of this song. Basically takes this really happy uh, early era who diddy and turns it into kind of a almost like a hard rock bordering on metal version. So here you go. This is David Bowie really throwing it down here. Last song of the show, this is Pictures of Lily.
things out here tonight with pictures of lily great who song and a great cover version of that one of the best covers i've ever heard love it so that's it i want to thank you for joining me here tonight on the big david bowie birthday extravaganza we'll be (laughs) we'll be back in two years with the next one because you got we got to do elvis next year right but i hope you enjoyed of course i'm gonna play david bowie here and there uh throughout the next two years don't worry uh but that said i want to thank you for tuning in to the show here today like i said go to cnjradio.com on the rock strikes 10 page you're going to see the links to the facebook the twitter and all that great stuff please send me an email joey at cnjradio.com grab that itunes feed and post it on all your friends walls just just shove it down their throats we got to get some good music out to the people right that's what it's all about all right and i want you to check out the next show as well i already know what i'm gonna do how crazy is that usually i have no idea between you know recording and then doing the show and then by the time i get to i just have no idea but uh, i got a good one brewing here on the show and thanks to listener robert coulter gonna do something really fun but different so check out the next show. That's my teaser. Robert Coulter knows what I'm going to do, but you, you can bother him. No, don't bother him. He's, he's good people. But uh, next episode is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm excited about it. Anyway, that's it. There's my radio tease. Till then, you guys have a good one. Rock and roll. Be safe. <laughs>